Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like, do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song? This is Blind Date with a Book. Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book, Meet Cute. I'm your host, Rachel Mans McKenney, and an author and book reviewer from the Midwest. I'm Elena Nicolau, and I'm the culture editor of Oprah Daily. I'm Kristen Evans, a book critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we're setting up Lucy Huber. Lucy is a humorist, essay writer, and improv performer. She has been featured on the Moth Podcast, the Belladonna's, Runner's World, and she edits from McSweeney's Internet Tendency. Lucy could give an on-the-spot TED Talk about why Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a feminist icon and also the funniest sitcom, and her dream vacation would be a big city by the beach. She would fight anyone who says that summer isn't the best season of the year. Her favorite recent reads were Such a Fun Age and Big Summer. We'll use our extremely scientific process of examining dating app question answers like these ones to help Lucy make a match with a great book. Good morning, Lucy. Thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. We wanted to talk to you a little bit about your work at McSweeney's. What is it like to edit and to write humor as a job? How do you keep things funny for yourself? Um, It's basically my dream job. I love working at McSweeney's. Um, So my job is I'm an assistant editor. So I really just... um, help uh, Chris Monks, who's the main editor, with deciding which pieces are going to go on the site and then helping to edit them a little bit, add some more jokes, um, you know, change the format. And then I'm in charge of the open letters and the new food section. So when you see those on McSweeney's, those are ones that I picked. How can you tell when something is funny? Like, what's your what's your gauge? I think just on impulse, it's either like, does it make me laugh or not? Um, and then I think a lot about like how, um, other people will see it. You know, sometimes I'll get, we'll get something and I'll just say like, you know, I think this is so funny, but I can't see it having a wider appeal. So it's kind of a combination of thinking about what's, what conversation culturally we're having at the moment and what people are going to tap into. And then also just what makes you laugh and what is with satire, of course, you're often thinking about what's bringing up a larger um, issue or a funny point that people are going to resonate, that it's going to resonate with people. What makes you laugh, Lucy? Um, You know, it's funny because uh, Chris, the other editor of McSweeney's, and I, I think um, we often have a lot of the same sense of humor. But then one of the things that I really like about working with him is that he and I have, I think I bring sort of a more pop culture angle to McSweeney's because those are my favorite pieces. The things that um, deal with often like, you know, uh, celebrity culture or um, uh, television, film, um, and things that are more related to like women's issues, pregnancy or um, uh, motherhood and things like that. So I think Mm -hmm. it's the two of us really strike a good balance of um, covering a lot of things. And I think the things that I think are funny are um, maybe a little more uh, just like pop culture-y. I like to 
you know, I, I really like references to uh, current culture and thinking about um, th- like why the things that are popular are popular. Can you tell us a little bit about your broader taste in books and movies and all kinds of other things? Yeah, um, I think books, I definitely like, um, I mean, I love fiction. I actually studied nonfiction, but I probably hmm. read more fiction than nonfiction right now. Um, I love YA um, but I like realistic YA. <laughs> yes. I'm not a big fantasy YA, which is like, I know the big thing in YA right now, but I love um, <laughs> realistic YA and funny. So like, I, I know people, you know, rag on him a lot, but I like the John Green books a lot. Um, <laughs> and then I like for reading, I really like sort of like more relaxing books, I would say, like a little bit easier. <laughs> um because I think I use reading a lot as like an escape. And so I'm I'm not always digging into the like really heavy stuff when I'm reading. Well, tell us a little bit. What's been keeping you from reading lately? I would say probably my baby. <laughs> <laughs> a good um, excuse. <laughs> yes, I have a 13-month-old and it's really hard to read with a baby. Um, they don't give you a lot of downtime. So all the books I've read in the last year have been audiobooks. I've been listening hmm. to them. Um, which is great. It's just that it takes so long to listen to an audiobook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, you can sit down and read a book in a few hours, but an audiobook often takes, I just listened to one that was like 25 hours long. It took me like four months to finish it. Um, so yeah, I think that's my main barrier right now is that I'm sort of stuck in this like, well, I can listen to an audiobook for 20 minutes here and there, but I don't really have time to like sit down and read a book. Okay, audiobook confession time. And I want to hear this from the hosts as well. Do you listen to an audiobook at normal speed or do you listen to it at a sped up speed? I listen to it usually at 1.5 speed um, because I think anything faster than that makes me feel insane. But yeah, you have to get it. You you can't do normal (laughs) speed. How about for you guys? Um, I, my big confession is that, oh, this is so weird. I have never listened to an audiobook in my whole <gasps> oh my life. Gosh. <laughs> I've never, I don't know how to listen. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to start because I'm such a podcast junkie. Like I have my whole routine and that's what I listen to when I'm doing chores or in the morning or, and then I read to like unwind at night. So I don't know even where I would fit in the audiobook. So I've, I've literally never heard an audiobook. I don't even know really what they I mean, I assume what they sound like, someone reading a book, but oh I hear there's gosh. like effects in there. So I have no idea. Oh my gosh. You're so, oh. Okay. So you need to have a baby is the first step. Yes. <laughs> no, I need to just like not be an idiot. I need, to, I need to listen to one. I mean, I would love a recommendation if either of you have one, any of you have a really great audiobook that stood out. I would love to listen to one. Daisy Jones. Um, oh, that's a great one. That's a great that, idea. Was, that was a good multicast audiobook. It's almost like listening to a docuseries. Um, That's so so cool. It's really a good one, especially if you're making the transition from podcast listener to audiobook listener. That would be the first one I would recommend is Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah, because I love fiction podcasts. So I think sometimes after like 25 hour, the the fact that there's no such thing as a page turner when it comes to an audiobook, that intimidates me like that I can't set the speed. So that's good to know, though, there are ones that feel like audio dramas kind of. Yes, that's a good one. How about you, Kristen? Um, it's interesting that Elena just mentioned audio dramas, because if I do read audiobooks, that's sort of what I gravitate towards, like something that's big and produced or, you know, there's a big personality behind it. 
So Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, when it's like performed by all of these amazing British actors, that was so fun. Um, or um, like Angelica Houston reading her biography um, or Amy Poehler reading her biography, you know, those kinds of things. I like the the performative aspect of it. But usually like most of my audio time goes to podcasts rather than audiobooks. Well, and if I can sneak in one more recommendation for those just starting out, maybe those listeners haven't had a lot of podcast time yet either, or uh, audiobook time either. Another good one to start with is The Dutch House um, and Patchett, oh, nice. because Tom Hanks reads that. So, oh, wow. Wow. so it's truly an excellent um, audio experience. Okay, so we're sneaking in some extra recommendations here. And if you do pick up audiobooks and you want to support independent bookstores like we like to talk about on this show... Make sure to check out Libro FM. They're not sponsors or anything. I just love them and I've been using them for years and years. Not okay. sponsors yet. <laughs> not sponsors yet. Hey, Libro, get in touch. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's a good uh, segue. Lucy, over the next two rounds, we're going to introduce you to a book that we love. We get points based on how much you like the date we set you up on. You win no matter what. You're going to walk away with six great book recommendations, but one of us will win by being this week's best matchmaker. If we win, we get to link to our favorite indie bookstores in the show notes. So today I'm going to be playing for the Ripped Bodice in Culver City, California. Elena, who are you playing for? I'll be playing for Malaprop's Bookstore in Asheville, North Carolina. Great place to visit if, you'll, if you're hitting the road this year. And Kristen, who are you playing for today? I'm playing for one of my all-time favorites, Porter Square Books in Cambridge, Massachusetts. That's my home bookstore. And I was going to ask you, Lucy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Do not let that skew your judgment on whose books are <laughs> I promise. <laughs> All right, Lucy, get ready for your literary meet cute. Let's hear about our first round picks. Okay, Elena, go ahead with your first pick. Okay, awesome. So let me begin by saying that All Adults Here by Emma Straub is more or less everything I want in a novel because it feels like it's a whole world. You'll find highly individual, highly lovable characters whose connections fuel the plot. You'll find an adorable town in the Hudson Valley and many brilliant insights about growing up and families that put the fun in dysfunction. Um, the book follows the Strick family over the course of one summer. And it all begins when the matriarch Astrid witnesses a fatal accident and decides life is way too short to keep lying about who she is. She decides to share a secret with her three adult children that sends them reeling. All the characters from adults to teenagers get the same x-ray treatment by the omniscient narrator, which essentially means we get to learn all their secrets and it's a thrill. Um, I appreciate especially the way that Straub captures and honors the parts of us that haven't quite grown up yet, even if we're adults and that our identities are always evolving. It's a really, really good portrait of the concept of adult children, essentially. For a warm read, for a warm read about family, siblings, regrets, and people trying their hardest to be good, read this book. It's teeming with good vibes as bright as the yellow color cover. <laughs> All right, so Elena's first pick is All Adults Here by Emma Straub. All right, Kristen, go ahead with your first round pick. All right. Since you're so busy with work and a new baby, I wanted to choose something fun, but with a little bit of a cathartic edge. I went with Waiki Wang's 2017 debut, Chemistry. It's about an unnamed chemistry PhD student who's just been asked whether she'll marry her live-in boyfriend, Eric. 
She writes down a pros and cons list entirely made up of pros, but she still can't make up her mind. Part of this has to do with her fears about her own parents' marriage, and I think the novel artfully addresses the strain immigrating to the U.S. puts on her parents, so you really understand that fear. The real joy of this book is the narrator's voice, which is detached, wry, and observational. You can see her scientific mind at work trying to understand and solve what can't be neatly categorized, how messy everyday life is. The result on the page is often surprising or it almost feels unintentionally funny, which I think is such a hard effect to pull off. But right down to the narrator's dramatic breakdown in her lab, Wang is fully in control. All right, Kristen's first round pick is Chemistry by Waiki Wang. Okay, so you wrote in your questionnaire that one of the things distracting you most from reading lately is TV before bed. Well, my first pick was truly unputdownable and made me stay up reading past my normal bedtime. I even laughed out loud and woke up my husband. So for a wake up your spouse kind of book, I suggest Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Sutanto. In Dial A, Madeline Chan is just trying to live her life as the best daughter and niece she can, but it can be hard to live up to her family expectations. When her mother sets her up with a blind date, she grudgingly agrees to go, but accidentally kills him. Oops. What follows is a slapstick uh, comedy reminiscent of Clue, paired with an exploration of family relationships as strong as any Jennifer Weiner or Emma Straub read. How far will her mom and aunties go to protect her? Pretty far, and you'll go with them, laughing all the way. All right, so our first round picks are All Adults Here by Emma Straub, Chemistry by Waiki Wang, and Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Sutanto. So Lucy, go ahead and talk those out. If you've read any of them before, let us know if you liked them or not, and we'll get points based on which one you would choose to take out on a date. Okay, so I haven't read any of them. Um, I'm All of them sound interesting to me, so I think you guys all did a great job. Um, the one chemistry is funny, Kristen, because my husband has a PhD in chemistry. So that's so funny. <laughs> that's um, hitting pretty close to home. <laughs> um, I let me think. What was the first one called again? All Adults Here by Emma Straw. All Adults Here. That one sounded great to me because I love the idea of an omniscient narrator jumping into everyone's thoughts. I love books that do that. Um, and that you get to sort of see everything from different perspectives, um, especially mm-hmm. within a family. I think that's so interesting. Um, oh, they all sound so good. And Dial A for Aunties has been on my list for a while. I think I have to go with Dial A for Aunties only because I love a funny book that involves a murder or a, a death. <laughs> yes. And it's it's all set at a wedding reception. Yes. Which, of course. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's it's very, very good. So yes. All right. So I, Rachel, <laughs> get 20 points from the first round. So of course, you can read any of these books. And why wouldn't you? But, you know, I get to move on with 20 points to the next round. Thank you so much. Although, you know, when you said murder in addition to the rom-com, I was like, oh, no, it has the other element. That sounds so good. <laughs> it is truly, and and honestly, Clue is the greatest way to think about it here. The moving it. body situation, things are turning up where they're not supposed to be. It's, it's really funny. Yeah, I think it's, it's really funny really really because I was like, oh, man, what a great film. <laughs> well, and I didn't want to up my chances even more, but it's going to be a Netflix series. And so especially oh, nice. if you 
if you want that TV tie-in and you want something that you can feel smug about having read first before you do end up binging it, it's one of those books. I always. I'm pretty sure all adults here. Oh, sorry. I all adults here is going to be. Yeah, well. I think it's going to oh. be also. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So don't worry. You can watch everything soon. TV, the thing that's distracting you from reading, you can just soon just TV all these books. <laughs> well, and I did do all adults here on audio and it was excellent. So just more to add to your list here. Okay. We're not going to, we're, we're going to get back into competition mode here. Stop praising each other so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love the praising each other part. It's my favorite part. <laughs> Sorry, can you just okay. my cat purring so loudly, by the way? No, but I love knowing that it's happening. Okay, well, she's like <laughs> sitting next to me and purring. It's like the sound of a like a rocket. I'm really sorry. Your cat is our your your cat is our first good critical review of the podcast. So thank you, love cat. It. Like, this is great entertainment. All right, we're moving on to round two. New round, same point system, brand new book choices. And again, Elena, we're going to let you go first. Okay, Lucy, you said over and over that your favorite season, like mine, is summer. So my second pick is not only set in the summer month of June, but I predict it will be among the reigning books of the summer of 2021. And in fact, I've already begun casting the inevitable movie adaptation because the characters are just that vivid and pretty like everyone I know is talking about them. So they're in my head. Um, the book is called Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, and it's a really special read, full stop. The main characters, Eva Mercy and Shane Hall, are both successful authors. She amassed a large following with her fantasy romances, and he's an enigmatic critical darling. What readers don't know is that Eva and Shane have been trying to sort out their one very intense week together through their most famous characters. Fifteen years after falling in love as teenagers, they meet again at an event for the Black literary community in a scene with some of the best sexual tension I've ever encountered in a book. Now adults, they have a chance to make it work if Eva can forgive Shane for what he did to her, and they can adjust to their changed lives. Eva now has a daughter, and Shane is two years sober and trying to figure out how to write without the help of alcohol. The book is guaranteed to make you laugh as much as it'll make you swoon with its redemptive and, yes, totally sexy love story, it might make you wonder, are some people really just connected on a soul level? All of the elements add up to give this book sort of like a little halo that says you're going to remember this one and you're definitely going to recommend it to a friend. All right. So Elena's pick is Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. All right, Kristen, what's your second round pick? Okay. I had to look back on my notes to make sure I hadn't already recommended this book um, because I love it so much. Marcy Dermansky's 2016 novel, The Red Car. It is one of my favorites, and I am tempted to recommend it to basically everyone who's in a reading slump, um, which is most of us now that we're most of the way through the pandemic. Um, so the red car begins when Leah's boss dies in a traffic accident and leaves her a little red sports car, the very car that she died in. <laughs> so um, a little bit of a, a unexpected gift there. It prompts Leah to leave her husband and head out on the road back to her old life in San Francisco. This is a road trip novel that's also a ghost story, since Leah constantly hears her boss's voice in the back of her head along the way. Also, she sometimes feels like she's embodying the personality of her deceased boss. It's kind of spooky and kind of funny. 
It's a book about trying to find your way back to yourself, even though you're not even sure how you got lost in the first place. There's adventure, illicit drug use, a pervasive, dreamy, surreal, and ghostly quality to this book. It's magic, and I hope you like it. All right. Kristen's second round pick is The Red Car by Marcy Dermansky. All right. So for my second round pick, your dating app questionnaire clued me into a few things that made me see nerd, which is a compliment, by the way. Uh, Ursula Gwynn upbringing with strong Sabrina the Teenage Witch vibes. You also write that you're a snob about TV, which makes me think that a compulsively readable summer book would be Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. At its heart, Spoiler Alert is a love letter to fan fiction. Its heroine, April, writes fanfic for a very Game of Thrones-like TV series. It also turns out that the star that she writes the most about also writes fan fiction in his free time as an alias. And he happens to be her best online friend, though they've never met in real life. When an obscure coincidence causes them to meet as their real selves, April has no idea that Marcus is her best online friend. Cue complications and eventually good hot sex. But what I love the most about Spoiler Alert is the incredible arrangement of it. There's brief sections between the chapters of the fanfic that is so funny and very tuned into how that kind of uh, genre is written. And Olivia Dade's novel is funny, nerdy, sexy, and a fast read. So I highly recommend it. Okay, so our second round picks were Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, The Red Car by Marcy Dermansky, and Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. Lucy, what do you think? Wow, these also all sound really good. Um, Seven Days in June, I think sometimes I have trouble reading books about writers um, or watching TV mm-hmm. shows or movies about writers, except for Murder, She Wrote, which is my favorite. <laughs> because I think it, it like, I, it's, you know, that feeling of like it being stressful to read about something that you do. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You, no, I know. I, I often, I totally understand where you're coming from. And this was like one of the rare books that I encountered that I didn't get like annoyed with reading about writing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to read their books. <laughs> yeah. But I think you really had me when you were like, it was one of the best scenes of sexual tension that I've ever read, which I was like, oh, now I'm very intrigued because it's so hard to write good sexual tension. Um, so I don't, that one sounded really good to me. But okay, the next one was The Red Car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I love a. Uh, book about someone abandoning their life and doing something completely different. Um, mm-hmm. It's so, those are always such fun reads because like, I love that, you know, like transition from like, Oh, here's my, you know, it reminds me of um, the book that everyone makes fun of now, but is actually pretty good. Eat, pray, love. Um, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but with ghosts. But with ghosts so it's even better. Yeah. But there's the, yeah. I know Eat, Pray, Love gets a bad rap. I think it's better than people give it credit for. They know what really sunk that is the movie, but I don't I can go on a rant, but I won't. <laughs> I, I, Eat, Pray, Love was one of those books that I read and then I loved it. And then everyone started making fun of it. And I kind of just like sunk into the background and was like, oh yeah, it was so stupid. The Garden State soundtrack was my Bible for like two years yes. in audio format. Um, <laughs> when I had my baby in 
May, it was like very, a very like weird, depressing time because it was the pandemic and we were shut in our house. And for some reason, I remembered the Garden State soundtrack and I listened to it like (laughs) on loop, just taking care of my baby. So now it has this like weird connection between like being a teenager and then also being a new mom to me. I'm. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Um, but yeah, it's a good movie that people make fun of. And I I love, anyway, going back to Eat, Pray, Love, and then also The Red Car, which is what we're actually talking about. <laughs> I love books with people who like go through a big transformation like that. And then The Ghost sounds really appealing. Um, so that one's definitely up there. And then Rachel, yours was the fanfic one. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, okay, I, well, I really appreciate that you thought of me as a nerd, although I'm not a fanfic nerd. Um, right. So I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that one totally appeals to me, but except that I, I'm not sure I would be the target audience for that because I don't think I would fully appreciate the fanfic within the novel because I don't think I've read enough fanfic. That is totally fair. I haven't read a ton either, but it definitely sucks you in. Uh, it teaches you how to read it. Yeah. <laughs> It's never too late to start your fanfic career. Um, I think I'm going to go with The Red Car, though. I'm really intrigued by that one. Yes. All right. Oh, it's so good. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I've been convinced to now buy that, too. That's my problem with this show is I've uh, had to buy so many new books. Um, <laughs> all right. So the second round pick is The Red Car by Marcy Dermansky, which leaves us with a conundrum. At the end of the game, Kristen has 20 points and I have 20 points. So what we're going to ask you to do, Lucy, is could you open up a a browser window? Yes. And what we're going to do is just like if you were on a real dating site, if there were two people who you thought were equally interesting, let's be real, you'd go with the hotter one. (laughs) So we are going to describe the covers to you while you're looking at them. And you are going to pick who wins the game today based on the cover that you thought was more interesting and appealing. All right, so the dial A for Andy's cover is bright yellow, and in the background is a white chandelier, which is very reminiscent of the wedding scene that they're at, as well as some palm trees, because it's set at the beach, which of course you love as well. In the front, we see our main character. She's on a cell phone, of course, dialing. Presumably, she's dialing her aunties, who are in form behind her in kind of a pyramid. So she's got her three aunts, who have very distinct personalities. They're known as like aunt one, aunt two. And then her mom is to her side wearing cute little glasses. Everyone else is wearing sunglasses. So it's a really bright, vibrant, cartoony cover that definitely puts out that humorous atmosphere that plays out in the book. So that is the Dial A for Aunties cover. All right, Kristen, your turn. All right. The cover of the red car has this sort of hazy yellowish, orangish quality, almost like an Instagram sort of filter put over the the top of the image, which is of a highway bending around a, a cliff corner. And you can see the ocean uh, sort of like in the in the distance. It's a very summery kind of you're you're on the road type feeling, you know, adventure is just around the corner, which I think is very apt for the novel. Excellent. All right. So which cover do you like best, Lucy? I think I definitely am more attracted to the Dial A for Auntie's cover. Um, The red car one looks almost too cool for me. Like, it looks like a cool girl's (laughs) Instagram that I would, like, look at and be like, oh, 
will never be able to wear that crop top. Um, uh, don't worry. This narrator is a hot mess. So she's not too cool for you. But the Dial A for Aunties cover, I can definitely get behind because I also have three aunts and a mother who would Aww. are all sisters and would probably stand behind me in a suspicious way like that as well. Um, but it's also just like, I think more fun and makes and looks funnier. And you can tell that it's going to be a funny book because of how everyone's standing and all the bright colors. And I don't know, I'm basically a goldfish. I'm like, bright colors, that looks fun. <laughs> For bonus totally. content, you can go to the author's Instagram. And she actually posed the cover of this book with her mom and her mom's friends. That is so cute. Um, it's hilarious. And she made her husband take all the pictures. It's really cute. <laughs> so those of you listening who haven't read Dial A, or if you have, you can go and find that. Maybe we'll, we'll add it to our stories when we get there. Uh, on Instagram for this week. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So that means with the tiebreaker in place, I, Rachel, win this week's episode and we'll be able to link to the Ripped Bodice in our show notes today. Nice. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us. I hope your dates are wonderful and you'll have to update us afterwards. Yes, thank you guys Where so can- much. This has been so fun and I'm probably going to try to read all of these books because they all sound great. It'll take Excellent. me 15 years. Yeah, see, see you in the next decade. <laughs> we'll just pretend that no more books will come out between no. now and then. You are yeah. set. Come back in 10 years. We'll set you up Yeah, that's more right. <laughs> Lucy, where can we find you on the internet? So I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter is at CLHubes. So like my name, Huber, but with an S instead of the R. Um, and don't follow my Instagram because it's overwhelming to me when people look at photos of me. <laughs> but you would probably see Lucy a lot on the internet anyway, because people are constantly screenshotting her posts and attributing them to no That's one. That's true. Yeah, so- you could probably see some of my tweets on like big meme aggregator Instagrams. Um, yeah, with or oh. without my uh, actual handle. Yeah, I see you on my Facebook all the time. And I'm like, huh, that was actually Lucy yeah. Huber. But nobody said People, that. I, can for some reason, out, I but... had this viral tweet last week that actually didn't go viral on Twitter, but it went viral on Instagram because someone screenshotted it. And I don't know what it was about it. this tweet, but literally every single person I know sent me a screenshot of it. Like, I would say, like, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating when I say, like, 35 people sent it to me. And <laughs> Wait, was now, that I a joke? It was like a joke about yeah. country music. Um, and like, I don't know Fair. if like, <laughs> it somehow must have hit like every single like niche box that all of my friends and relations and people that I knew like 20 years ago in middle school like follow because literally I got 35 messages from people being like, oh my God, I saw you on this thing, which like never happens. All right. Elena, where can we find you on the internet? Um, okay, let's let's count the ways. You can follow me on Twitter at Elena Wonders. I'm currently watching Sex in the City, so if you want to uh, tag along, I'm live tweeting that. Um, then what else? Where else can you follow me? You can follow me on Instagram at at Elena Wonders, and also my book Instagram is Books and Elena. Okay, those are all the ways. <laughs> Kristen, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at at paper alphabet, P-A-P-E-R alphabet. Uh, tweet about books, but also lately I tweet a lot about being tired. So, you know, hashtag relatable. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at R-M McKenney, M-C-K-E-N-N-Y on Twitter, again, on there too much. And at Rachel Mans McKenney on Instagram. You can find our show at blinddatewithabookpod.com and 
at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us and tell us all the books that you've fallen in love with recently. Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mans McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mans McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and join the fun. We'll be back in two weeks with a new guest and more books to recommend. Until then, we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.